0: Well, y'all, we spent the last month in a series called All That Matters, and we've been tackling that question that every human being has, and that's, does my life matter? Like, can my life make a difference? And the reason we ask this question is because God has hardwired us to live our lives for others. And it's not until we live this kind of life that we actually find our purpose and find fulfillment in this life, because you see, the ultimate purpose for your life is to make a difference. And I want every single one of you guys to be able to say that I'm living my life in such a way that's making a difference in other people's life. Because that's what church is all about. And that's what following Jesus is all about. And I want to help you do that, which is exactly why I've spent the last month showing you guys how living your life for others is actually living your best life. You see, culture is lying to you. Your mind's lying to you. Your emotions are lying to you. They all tell you that living for yourself is the only way to find fulfillment and the only way to enjoy life. But actually living that kind of life is how you live the kind of life that you hate. Because you see, living for others is your best life. Living for yourself is your worst life. So let's take another look at the scripture that we've been looking at this entire month because it forms the foundation for what we've been talking about. And I actually want to point out to you guys something that we actually haven't looked at in this verse. And that's, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Keep that in mind right there. I highlighted in this world because I want you to notice that apparently there's something else other than this world, other than this life. So let's keep reading. It says, Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And all those highlighted words up there are things we've been talking about so far. Actually, if you remember, we spent an entire Sunday talking about doing good. That was the title of the message, Do Good. And if you haven't heard it, it's on our website. Just go nolimits.church and you'll find it. It's titled Do Good. You can't miss it. Go ahead and take a l- listen to that because you'll walk away knowing exactly like how we should be living our lives. But let's keep reading in this scripture. It says, in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. There it is again. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So we saw in this world earlier, now we're seeing in the coming age. We're talking about two different periods here. So in other words, when you live your life for others, you're not just doing it for them. And it's weird to think about, but you're actually doing it for yourself too. Every time you do good, you make a deposit in your treasure chest for the life that's to come. And what we're talking about is your eternity. And although we know eternity is going to be awesome for those who believe in Jesus, apparently some of us are going to have an even more awesome eternity because of the deposits we're making while we're living this life. Seriously, though, how cool is it that living your life for others not only gives you your best life here, but also has an impact on your eternity? And newsflash, you're going to spend way more time in heaven than you are here in this life. Like this life is just a a little blip and then eternity, right? So I bet we all could agree that like living our lives a little more focused on what's how our life is going to impact eternity is probably a good thing to do. And actually, once you know this and start thinking about it, it actually gives you a new motivation to do good. It actually ends up being your core motivation, because eternity is the best motivation for being generous. Every time you give, you're storing up treasure in heaven. Every time you do good, you're heaping treasure onto that pile in heaven. And not only that, but every time you do good, you may just be impacting somebody else's eternity, because they see Jesus in you, and then they start to believe in Jesus, and they transition their eternity from hell to heaven. How cool is that? It's funny, though. We don't really often talk about heaven that much, not even in church. But I bet you guys have, have maybe thought about it, and maybe it doesn't even sound that interesting to you. Like, you, maybe you just imagine it like it's just a bunch of harp music going on, right? All the time. But you're wrong. That's actually hell. You got, you got it mixed up. You're not going to be sitting up there in a gold, cha- a gold chair playing your harp all the time because heaven's going to be an incredible place. We can't even fathom it. Like, if you could see it, you would actually just jump ship right now and, and tell your family, you know, I'll see y'all when you get there, right? And actually, it was just about a year and a half ago that my father-in-law passed away unexpectedly at age 50. And I remember his last few days here, he had visions of heaven, and, and he would talk about it. And um, I don't think after, after he saw that and after he experienced those things that he, we could have said anything to get him to stay here. <laughs> he was like, peace out, y'all. I'll see y'all when you get here. And the reason is, there's more to this life than this life. And this is something we rarely think about today because we live in a generation that's just kind of like in the moment. We want it now, we can have it now, so we live in the now. A lot of times we don't even think about tomorrow, which is why so many people actually live paycheck to paycheck because you look at what's in your bank account now and you don't think about how spending that money is gonna affect tomorrow. There are even these phrases that we use to justify this kind of living you only live once. Or if you're young, YOLO. If you're old, you actually say the words, right? And I'll admit, I actually use the real words. I've never said YOLO in my life. But at this point in my life, I kind of like find myself like teetering between like being young and and being old. Actually, I was really surprised. Like last year, I found out that I was a millennial. I was like, what? I didn't know that I was in the millennial category. That's crazy. But then I find myself saying things like, Beth, you're looking on fleek today. I'm like, okay, maybe I am a millennial. I don't know. So I don't know what's going on, but like being in your 30s, because I just turned 30 last year, it feels like I'm in my prime. But then Beth turned 30 and it was devastating. So, so I don't know what, what to say about that. So I'm just going to live it up because after all, you only live once. No, you don't. Like, it sounds really cute, like someone's all, YOLO, and we're like, go for it, man, just, just do it, right? But I say we give the young folk a new hashtag to use. Do you know what hashtags are? Okay. Here it comes. You ready? Hashtag, YOLT. You only live twice. You don't live once, because if you only live once, you're going to do a lot of crazy things. Like, the only reason you use YOLO is as an excuse for destructive behavior. But you owe it to yourself to live with the reality that you actually live twice. And one day you're going to thank me for bringing you this series. Although I'm sure there's times throughout this series where you've been like, you know what, Kate's only talking about this stuff because he wants me to give more. He wants me to clean the toilets here at church. (laughs) But after today, it's going to hit you. Like living your life for others, yes, it makes a big difference in this life. But it also makes a big impact on your eternity, which is where you're going to spend the rest of your life. Ecclesiastes 3.11 tells us that God has planted eternity in the human heart. So it doesn't matter if you're atheist, if you're Jewish, if you're Christian. To every single human being on this earth, eternity is in in their heart. Like they know that there's more after this life, and they're trying to figure it out. And then Hebrews 9.27 says, just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. So there is an after. In other words, we're all going to die. Like you can't get away from it. Aren't you glad you came to church today so that I could encourage you? <laughs> but we, we only die once, and then there's an after. And I imagine that the judgment word scares some of you. So let's talk about it. There will actually be two judgments. In the first one, you're going to come before God, and he's going to ask you a question. He's not going to ask you how many good deeds you did. He's not going to ask you how many times you came to church, although I wish you would. He's not going to ask you how much you gave in the offering. I don't know how exactly he's going to ask it, but everyone's going to be asked the same question, something along the lines of, what did you do with my son Jesus? Like, because he paid for all the things you did wrong, and he even paid for all the good things that you didn't do. He freely gave you grace, forgiveness, healing, and most of all, he gave you his love. And what did you do with it? And the answer he's looking for is, I received Jesus because I realized that I couldn't do it on my own. And I realized I needed him in my life. Like Jesus paid for all my sins and there's nothing that I could do to earn his forgiveness. At which point you fall to your knees because in this moment, the love of Jesus is going to impact you in a way that it's never impacted you before. Like you're going to experience the fullness of it. And I bet you you're not going to even be able to stand up. And God's going to say, right answer. Come on in, son. Come on in, daughter, into your new home. But then there's going to be a second judgment in which you're going to give an account for the way you lived your life here on earth. None of this is going to determine whether you're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. You've already passed the first judgment because you believe in what Jesus did for you. That's the only condition. But the second judgment will determine what your heaven will be like. Take a look at 2 Corinthians 5.10. It says, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done. In this earthly body. So can you earn your way to heaven? No. Is there anything you can do or not do to get into heaven? No. The only way to heaven is to believe in Jesus. I'm going to say that over and over again today because I don't want you to get it wrong. But does what you do during this life matter? Yes. It's going to impact your eternity. In the second judgment, you're going to stand before Jesus and you're going to tell him what you did with your life. All the bad stuff, is going to be burned up gone forever. That's good news. But all the good stuff is going to be rewarded. Check this out. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. So for all you who serve in children's ministry, even though you're not feeling it, Jesus is going to pay you back. And all you who stay after church to clean the restrooms and pick up trash so that our building's ready for the next church that meets here on Sunday nights, Jesus is going to pay you back. And when you help somebody at the grocery store who's having a hard time, Jesus takes note of that, and he's going to pay you back. And when you give to your church, even when you'd rather spend the money on something else, Jesus sees that, and he's going to pay you back. And you may just be sitting there thinking, you know what, but but heaven's enough. Like, Jesus doesn't owe me anything. And that's an honorable way to think. But you know what Jesus would say to that? I don't care what you think. This is my show. I'm running it and I'm going to reward you for all the good things that you've done. I mean, check out what Jesus says in the very last chapter of the Bible. Like, here's Jesus wrapping up the best book that's ever been written, and he feels the need to mention this. Revelation 21, or 22, verse 12 says, Look, I'm coming soon and I'm bringing my reward with me to repay all the people according to their deeds. So Jesus is so excited to reward people that when he's coming back, he's not going to wait for you to get to heaven. He's bringing that dang reward with him and he's going to give it to you. And I hope this gets you excited because Jesus is bursting at the seams to reward you for the things that you do good in this life. And every time you do something good, it takes the reward to a whole new level. What I'm trying to get across to you today is that living your life for others is not just for the here and now. It's also for your eternity So let me give you some eternity principles that we all need to keep in mind as we live this life. And the first one is, I'm just passing through. Like, we're just visitors here. We're just passing through. So don't put everything you have into this life. Don't believe the lie that you have to live it up while you're here because it's the only life that you get. Because the life that comes next is eternal. This one's temporary. Philippians 3.18 says that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. So this right here is, expl- is explaining a YOLO type of life where all you care about is satisfying my needs, my desires here and now. You're not thinking about what's next. All you're thinking about is this life. But let's keep reading. It says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we, eagerly, we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. So you're not a citizen of earth, you're a citizen of heaven. And when you internalize this truth, you live your life a little differently. You live a yolt life instead of a yolo life, right? And people who live this way, people who live a yolt life, make it plain that they are looking for their true home. They were after a far better country than that heaven country. And you can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. So in other words, living your life with heaven in mind pleases God. And he's going to reward you for living your life this way. And here's another eternity principle to keep in mind. And that's my time on earth is short. Like sometimes it feels like it's crawling by. Sometimes it feels like it's flying by. But regardless, this life is really short in comparison to eternity. James says it this way, what is your life? You're a mist. Dang it, that sucks. That appears for a little while and then vanishes. (laughs) There you went, right? (laughs) I don't know about you, but this is really disappointing because I kind of get caught up in that thought that, like, this is the only life I got. Like, i got to make a big impact and make a big difference. And then here, James tells me I'm just a mist. But if you're honest with yourself and you kind of, like, just zoom out a little bit and look at the entire earth, and then you, like, look at the history of the earth, and then you take your life in comparison to all of that, you're like, "Uh, I, I am just a mist. And that didn't even take eternity into mine. That was just earth. Yet we often live our lives as if we have bukus of time. Like it doesn't matter if I spend my time at a job that I know that God hasn't called me to do, because I'll get to the right thing later. But when you realize how short your time on earth really is, you live your life differently. You start focusing on on what truly matters and you say no to the things that don't. This is a prayer that we should all be saying, and it's in Psalm 90. It says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should, because time on earth is short. But don't let this make you think that your life here doesn't matter, because it does. But let it motivate you to value your time more than you ever have before, because it doesn't last long and you don't get it back. So it's very important for you to go to work tomorrow, And look for opportunities to do good. And live every day asking that simple question, Holy Spirit, is there anything you'd like me to do while I'm here? There's one event that really brings home the importance of living your life this way. And I remember it exactly. Like, I remember exactly where I was when this happened. Even though I was only 13 years old. I'm talking about 9-11. And anytime a documentary comes up about that day, I, I, I feel compelled to watch it. Like, I don't know why, but that event still intrigues me, even though it happened 18 years ago. There's a documentary out there about the phone calls that people were making who were, tops on the, who were trapped at those top floors of the Twin Towers before they collapsed, and they were calling their loved ones and saying things that they wish they would have said a long time ago. Like, I can imagine there was probably a couple who was in a fight that morning and, and they, about the trash or, or something stupid like that. But you know, in this moment, when they're on the phone, I bet they weren't thinking about the trash at all. They just wanted their loved one to know how much that they loved them. And that's why I named this series All That Matters, because we all need to get to a point where we're living our lives in a way that matters. We shouldn't like waste time getting mad at the waitress because they messed up our order, We shouldn't waste time getting mad at the person who's blocking the aisle in Walmart. We shouldn't waste time getting mad at our spouse because they didn't complete their task list on time or they didn't do their part of the chores or whatever it is. Like, we should shake off all that nonsense and remember that living our best life is living our life for others. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to make a difference in the lives of those around us. And the Bible says it this way. In Ephesians, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. In other words, don't make the little things big things. Keep the little things little and focus your time and energy on the things that actually matter. Remember earlier when we talked about those two judgments you're gonna go through? And the first one is simply a question of if you believe Jesus or not. And then please don't forget the first judgment has nothing to do with how good you are, how bad you are, or how many things you did wrong, or any of that. No, salvation is a free gift. And all you got to do is believe in Jesus. And that second judgment happens after you're already in heaven. Like, you're spending eternity in heaven, and then here you are before Jesus, and you're going to give an account for this life. And here's how it's going to go down. But on Judgment Day, here we go, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives that builder will receive a reward. So how do we know what's going to survive this judgment? Like, how do we know that what we're doing actually has value? Well, you can't just do good because you want to look good or because you want to be nice. Because if you're nice to someone, but they still go to hell, I don't think that's what it looks like to survive. But if you do good because you want Jesus to look good, like those are the things... That are gonna survive. We need to be doing good in Jesus' name. We we need to be doing good because we wanna make an impact for Jesus, not for ourselves. In other words, you don't do good in your own strength, but by letting God's mighty power work in you, which kinda brings like a new dimension to our core scripture, doesn't it? Let's take a look at it. Now, all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Like we can live our lives with God's mighty power working in us to do good. Our short life on here can make a big difference when we allow God's mighty power to do its infinite work through our lives. And here's what it all boils down to. All that matters is eternity. Because if we live our lives for what happens here on earth, a lot of people are going to go to hell simply because we weren't paying attention. We put our focus in the wrong place and then we totally missed it. So how do we live our lives for eternity? Let me give you three practical steps And the first one is you need to go through life looking up and around, not down. Because here's the deal. Embrace yourself, because I'm just going to let it all out there. If you go through your life consumed with your job, your money, your kids, your house, your vacations, and don't get me wrong, God put all of these things here for us to enjoy. The problem comes when we let our lives get consumed with all those things. And it's like the things of earth are are all you can think about and you fall in love with earth. Let me tell you, earth is going to be disappointed. Earth is going to disappoint you. It'll disappoint you in this life and you're going to be really disappointed when you're standing before Jesus and you're going to tell him, you know, all I did was live for myself. So quit looking at your problems, quit looking at your failures and quit looking at what this world can do for you and look up, look at your eternity, look at heaven and ask yourself, does this really matter in eternity? And if it doesn't, just shake it off and put your focus on something that does matter. That's why the Bible points this out about Moses. And Moses is a guy in the Bible, in the Old Testament, who led Israel out of captivity and into freedom. But he was living in the palace before that, like he was part of the royal family. And he decided to do this. And here's what it says about him. Moses chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. He was looking at heaven. He was looking at eternity. Moses got it, and now we get it. Don't fall in love with earth. Fall in love with heaven. And here's the second way to live your life for eternity, and that's to give up something now for something I want later. This is something that even works here on earth. Like, if you want a six-pack instead of a muffin top, you can give up the cookies now for something you want later. And this is usually a requirement for anything that's of value, even in this earth. But it isn't just an earth principle, it's an eternity principle. Everything we do here on earth has an impact on our eternity. And there, there are things you can give up now that won't just make your earthly life better, but they're going to heap up treasure onto that pile in heaven for when you get there. Like, instead of hoarding all this stuff for me, like I live my life generous, so that I can have that reward in heaven later. And listen to me, I'm not not talking about earning your way to heaven. You can't. You can't do that. You got to believe in Jesus. But once we get to heaven, there's going to be rewards for those who choose to keep their eyes on heaven, even while here on earth. And Jesus says it this way. He says, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal." Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, you don't need an investor to tell you the best place to invest. Because like Jesus just gave us the answer. Invest your time and resources with heaven in mind. And you're not just going to get a return here on earth, but you're going to get a return in heaven. So awesome. But you know what? Store it all up here on earth and something's going to happen to it. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. You kind of like put some money aside thinking it'll keep you safe, and then something just comes up and <laughs> takes it away from you. The, the washer breaks down, or the car breaks down, or, or something happens. So you may have it for a little while if you store it up here on earth, but it's not going to last for long. And this is why I'm such an advocate for you guys to be intentional about giving to our church. Like this is why giving 10% of your income is so powerful, because it's the best investment strategy that you can make. The Bible tells us that, yes, we're going to get a return here on earth. And then it also tells us that we're going to get a return in heaven. This trumps anything else that you can do with your money. There's nothing else that you can do with your money that's going to get you a return in heaven. But go ahead and relax, because I'm not going to take up another offering. Actually, guys, go ahead and come on down. <laughs> if you need an offering envelope right now, I'm just playing with you guys. Because this has to be your decision. Like, it, I don't want you to be like, feel like you're forced into it, like, now I feel guilty. No, don't do it when you're guilty. Wait until it's your decision and you're doing it intentionally. Let me show you the next verse. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You know, when you struggle to share God's heart, like you kind of look around at the people next to you and you're like, gosh, they love Jesus a lot more than me or how can they be so on fire for God? Let me give you a tip. Take a look at where your treasure is. If you're storing all your treasure here on earth, then make a change because it's going to be the best decision that you've ever made. All right, here's the last way to live your life for eternity, and that's to intentionally make a difference. In other words, you can't just sit around and wait for opportunities to do good. Like you can't just wait for the next mission trip, the next community outreach, or the next time somebody asks you for help. You have to be intentional about it, and you have to do it on purpose. So while we're wrapping up, let me give you three ways to be intentional. First one is to intentionally share my resources. Like you need to have a plan for how you're going to share your resources. Again, this is why tithing or giving the first 10% of your income is so powerful. Because it's a plan that grows as your income grows. So you don't find yourself in a place where you're making more, but giving less. Because when you put a percentage on it, you're intentional about being generous. And then another idea is like maybe you put a certain amount of money in your pocket every month just to give to people who are in need that you come across in your daily life. Like maybe it's to buy somebody's meal or, or buy their groceries because you see they're having a hard time. That way you're always ready when the opportunity arises. All right, The second one is to intentionally share my time. In other words, you can't wait till it's convenient or until it feels good or until you want to. You need to make a commitment and you need to honor it. If I was doing what I felt like, I wouldn't be at church today. I want to be here most times, but sometimes I don't. And today was one of those days where I really didn't, to be honest with you guys. But, but here I am because I'm intentionally sharing my time. So make a decision to join one of our teams here at church, and not because I told you to, but because you have heaven in mind. And put it on your calendar, make it a priority, and show up on time. Even when you don't feel like it, even when it's not convenient, you come to church determined to serve your team and serve your church. And it's not because you want to make the leader happy. It's because you have heaven in mind. And so you make a priority and you do it intentionally. All right, and then here's the last one, intentionally share Jesus. And you know what? This is what brings this whole series home for me today. Because just a couple months ago, the Holy Spirit gave me direction for our church. In short, he sent me on a mission to change our church culture. And I don't think that's something that he's doing just here at No Limits. I think it's something that he's trying to do In the American church as a whole. Because if you look around, they're all kind of having this problem. We've gotten to a place where the goal as a Christian is to invite people to church and then let the pastor lead them to Jesus. And it's worked for many years. But now we're having a problem. Like just a few years ago, the American population as a whole valued church, even if they didn't go to church. So when someone would invite them, there was a good chance that they would actually come. Well, culture shifted, and church is no longer seen as important. And I'm not just talking about non-churchgoers. I'm actually talking about people who consider themselves churchgoers. Like, church has become something that you go to if it's convenient, or if it gives me something, or if it entertains my kids. Otherwise, what's the point? And I don't say this to get on to you guys. Although, if, it's, if the Holy Spirit just convicted you, like, make a change but the reason I bring this up is because inviting people to church is no longer the right strategy for us to lead people to Jesus. We all need to be leading people to Jesus in our daily lives. In other words, we need to be intentional about sharing Jesus, not just inviting people to church. Do I want you to bring people to church? Yes, go ahead. But I want you to start by leading them to Jesus first. Like, take them to lunch, invite them to coffee, text and encourage them. Show them the love of Jesus by serving them without asking for anything in return. Don't have an agenda in these times. Like, don't feel like you have to bring out the salvation prayer the first time you guys get together for lunch. You're pulling out your little book out of your back pocket and say, say this prayer with me before you eat your salad, and then we'll get to the salad later. Simply be there for them and be the most loving person that they've ever been around. And then one day they're going to open the door. And when they open that door, be bold and lead them to Jesus. And when the opportunity arises, invite them to church because they need to be here. But first, they need to know Jesus. So now to close, let me just prophesy over our church. There's a few things I want to say that I believe are going to happen for all of us. We're going to be known as people who make a difference by living our lives for others. We will live our lives with heaven in mind, realizing that everything we do has an impact on eternity. God's power will continually be at work in us, accomplishing the good things that he planned for us long ago. And because of this, people all around us will believe in Jesus and come to know God in a real and relational way. We're pursuing limitless life in Jesus, and our lives will impact the world, and it's going to blow our minds, and it's going to believe an unthinkable legacy. Let's pray. Lord, let these words go forth as powerful as your words did when you created the world, and we want you to use this church in a mighty way. Lord, we know you have great plans for us, and we're, we're pursuing those plans. We know they're limitless. We know they're infinite. And we also know that we have to let your power work in us to accomplish those things. So, Lord, we thank you that you're working in us. We thank you that you're making a difference to our lives. Lord, we thank you that we can know you in a real and relational way. You're so good to us. We honor you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Amen.